Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Tangent Podcast. This is Jack and my good buddy Austin coming at you with another episode for you today. How are you, Austin? I'm doing well. How are you doing, my good man? Oh, I am just dandy, you know? I'm here. It's never a bad thing. I love, well, love I'm glad you're here. Love talking about spooky and unexplained stuff with you. It's always it's, it's the highlight oh, of my week. Me too. It is. It is. Well, why don't we uh, why don't we get started here? And in lieu of drinks today, because a we're running out of drinks to try, and b it is nine p.m. on a weekday, and not you know energy drinks really aren't the best option at that point. We have candies instead. And I could, oh, do we? Oh, uh, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I can't see it. Your, your thing is there. It goes. Uh, Austin's got himself some toxic waste, which is hazardously sour candy. And I'm looking online is apparently one of the most sour candies you can get. I tried to find some. Was unsuccessful in my efforts. So I do not have any, but I found super sour double drops from Warheads. Uh, that I don't know. Super sour double drops? I'm not sure if that's comparable, but I mean, it's at least something, I well, think. Well, let, let me read you the description of toxic waste. It says, if warheads are for amateurs, toxic waste is for pros. The sour sucker is typically deemed most sour on roundups all over the web, but be sure to look for the brand's nuclear fusion variety that takes two flavors from hazardously to potentially vomit-inducing levels of tartness. Oh, Goes without saying, they're, they're not for the faint of heart. So, we'll see. I don't know if this is the nuclear fusion one or not, but I don't believe so. But you want to open these bad boys up? Sure. Alrighty, here we go. I don't know how to, you're supposed to eat mine, honestly. I think it's just liquid. I think you just squirt it in your mouth. Alrighty. How do I open this as well? What do you think? Not that sour? No. That's disappointing. That is... That is, like, so... uh, Not sour in the least bit. Really? Let me try the lemon one. Let's see. Do I just squirt this like that? Ah. Oh, it's a little <laughs> sour. I wouldn't go super sour, but. Uh... Okay. My one's a bit more sour, but. It's not bad. Yeah, same here, honestly. It's it's a little sour, but. Man, I'm a little disappointed, honestly. Oh, dude, I am too. I expected greatness, and that was like, I felt like warheads are worse. Really? It doesn't say it's better, worse than warheads? Yeah, I don't know. Weird. Well, sorry that's not more entertaining for you folks at home, but uh, unfortunately, I guess Austin just has... Sour Maybe I have a dead steel. tongue. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. That was yeah. That was 
I'll have to look for the nuclear sludge one or whatever, the nuclear nuclear fusion one. Because that was lame. Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll order the nuclear fusion one. And I'll get it here. Alright, maybe I should too. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. Alright. Let's get started with keep going into the episode. You wanna go some space news or are we not doing space news today? Uh we can do some space news. I can uh I'll get it going for us. Alright. Alright, so this one's this one's crazy. The Earth's core has, get this, stopped, and it may be reversing direction. So, horrifying. Um, the inner core of the Earth has apparently recently stopped spinning and now may be reversing the direction of its rotation. Um, and they found this by like using seismic waves from earthquakes to detect how the core was moving. And... Apparently, the Earth's center pauses and reverses direction about every 60 to 70 years. Oh, really? And they, they think that this may be linked to some of the geological phenomena and climate mysteries that they've been trying to figure out for a while that happen on a, on a similar time frame and that have a big effect on the planet. So that is possibly um, causing some issues with the climate. Uh, potentially climate change or other negative effects on the Earth. So, interesting. Um, Mm. Apparently, the inner core is a solid metal ball, and it's about three-quarters the size of the moon, and it can just kind of spin on its own compared to how the planet is spinning. So it doesn't change the direction of how the planet spins, it's just that core. Um, and then there's like a liquid core that surrounds that metal ball. Um, but they're not like exactly sure how fast it spins or if it's a constant rate of spinning, but yeah. So about 3000 miles below our feet is the core. Good to know. Disturbing, but yep. Nothing we can do about it. Yeah. Um, I don't know how big of an effect it's really having, but yeah. All righty. It's nice. Some nice space news. All right. We got ourselves an encounter. This one's a short one, so, uh, should be good. Um, titled the impish ghost. The impish ghost goes, my neighbor, Diane and I had a plateful a playful poltergeist for years. We called it Billy. I'd come home and find something put in a weird place. Milk in the cupboard, toilet paper in the fridge, laundry detergent in the bathtub. Diane once called to ask if Billy had been around because she couldn't find a gallon of milk. We finally found it outside on her back steps. And sugar. Darn sugar. Every morning my sugar bowl was empty. When I'd had enough, I would point to Diane's home and yell, Go see Diane. Within five minutes, I'd get a call from her. Thanks a lot, she'd say. He'd gone and pulled shenanigans at her place. This occurred for the entire two years we lived there. No one believed us, not even our husbands. My mother thought someone was stealing from us when we were sleeping or out of the house. My sister believed something was going on, but didn't know what. I still can't explain any of it. 
That's a fun one. Playful little poltergeist. I like that. He's just he's yeah. he's just like, oh, oh, your milk's now in the back patio. Your, your toilet paper's in the <laughs> fridge. What are you going to do about it? Dude, that would 100% be me. Like, I bet it's one of their relatives just, oh, like, yeah. playing jokes on him. I would be the guy, like, moving your chair before you sat down or, <laughs> like, hiding your remote. I don't know. I'd do stupid stuff like that. That's interesting. It's a fun story. That is funny. Yeah. Hmm. You never know. Alrighty, well, let's let's get into the today's episode, shall we? Um, we shall. Today's episode, if you uh, read the title, which would be weird if you didn't, but if you haven't, that's pretty cool. Good for you. Is about Hinterkaifeck. <clears throat> Austin, you've heard of Hinterkaifeck murders, have you? Oh, I have. I haven't heard a ton. I, I know the, the overview of the story. Um... I don't know what Hinterkaifeck means. Hinterkaifeck literally translates to back of the woods, I believe. Huh. And so that um, was the name of like the homestead, right? Where this happened. Yeah. It was like the Hinterkaifeck farms. It's the, it's that property was called that. So it's not like a place anymore or like a city or anything like that. So gotcha. Hinterkaifeck murders are probably one of the most famous murder stories in the world um because of how strange it is and how no one can explain any of it basically um and probably likely we will never know but it is a very interesting story so these murders occurred in 1922 in a Bavarian farmstead located 43 miles north of Munich, Germany. Okay, okay. First of all, Bavaria, is that... I hear that all the time. Is it like a state in Germany, or is it like its own thing, or... Uh, Let's see. Bavaria, officially the free state of Bavaria, is a state in southeast Germany. Okay. The largest German state... By land area, comprising gotcha. a roughly okay. a fifth of the total land area of Germany. I didn't know that either, honestly. So it's good to know. I always hear like Bavarian cream or Bavarian motorworks. Yeah. All right. Sorry, so keep going. No, you're good. Um, on March 31st, 1922, uh, six victims were murdered on in Hinterkaifeck Farm. And five of which were the Gruber family. <clears throat> there was Andreas Gruber, 63 years old. Cal, 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 Calizia Gruber. I, I'm sorry if I get that wrong. Aged 72. Their widowed daughter, Victoria Gabriel, 35. And their children, or Victoria's children, another Cazilia, aged 7. And Joseph, 2. Two years old. Oh, yeah, that's man. sad. Seven and two that's year bad. old. Um, and that's then the bad. one that was not a member of the family was their maid, Maria Baumgartner, and she was forty-four years old. <clears throat> but let's not get straight into that. Let's let's talk about a little bit before. We're gonna go back into the past a little bit. So Hinterkaifeck Farms was built in eighteen sixty-three, give or take or so. Um, and. 
before, so the maid they had, Maria Baumgartner, was not their main maid. Uh, I think it was called, what are they called? Like a, a live-in maid or something like that? Someone that lives <laughs> with, with the family. Not, they They had a secondary maid? No, actually. So the the what what is the word I'm trying to look for? Holy crap, I am blinking so hard. The first maid, I guess, their primary normal. I don't know what I'm blinking on so hard. She had been with them for uh, I want to say 5 years or so. Years, we'll say years. Uh-huh. So, with them for a while, and, um, but she had been coming around in, uh, end of 1921, beginning of 1922-ish area, and coming to, what was his name, Andreas, uh, Andreas, I don't exactly know how to say, you know, German accent name, so I'm going to say Andreas, <clears throat> the head of the house, and saying, hey, I'm noticing some weird going ons um, around the house. And he'd go, well, what do you mean? And she said, let's see, that she heard strange sounds in the attic and believed the house to be haunted. She would also hear tapping coming from within the walls and uh, speaking and walking around up in the attic at night. Uh, Like people talking and it would keep her up. And she would tell him, the Andreas, and he would he'd go, okay, and go look in the attic. Nothing there. It was empty. They didn't really use it. There wasn't a ton of storage in there. Not much to be seen. And she <clears throat> she would come up to him and say this, okay, I know I sound crazy. I know I've told you this before, and I know you went up there, but there is somebody in the attic. And he would check three, four times on different occasions, Nothing, every time. So, eventually, she came up to him and just said, I can't work anymore. I cannot do this. This place is haunted. It's evil. It's keeping me up at night. It's scaring me. I'm sorry, but I quit, basically. So, whatever's going on is enough to make this maid, who had been working with them for years, quit. Straight up. Out of the blue. And leave. So, already on a weird start. Um, And everyone thought she was kind of crazy. But then, Andreas himself started finding things weird as well. He would start hearing things. The family would start feeling things. And, um... uh, Let's see. I want to get the timetable right. Let's see. Uh, He once found a strange newspaper on their kitchen table. And it was not a newspaper that they subscribed to or whatever. I don't know. And he would ask his neighbors. No one else knew what that newspaper was. It was not a local newspaper. It was in their house, Mm. though. That's weird. Very strange. Did it say where the newspaper was from if it wasn't local? Like No, it didn't. The problem with this this case is that A, it was done it was in nineteen twenty two. So mm, I mean, 
long time ago, not a lot of things were kept. And secondly, he refused to go to police about any of this stuff. He actively mm. refused, meaning there was no like official investigation and evidence and you know re- official reports, things like that. So everything we know right. is from word of mouth, which mm. is not great, but that's what we have. So, and what we know is mostly from his next door neighbor. And by next door neighbor, I mean like one, 200 yards away. Yeah. Um, And his name was, shoot. I can't find it. There's no. Lederhosen von Lederhosen. Lorenz Schlittenbauer. Schlittenbauer, huh? I, I believe. Yes. <clears throat> so what a name. Yeah. Um, because he would tell his neighbor about this stuff. And he also told his neighbor that um one time, just days before the murders, he Andreas found uh he was like locking up for the night kind of thing, you know, going to bed, getting ready to to hit the hay, get the the, the family ready for bed. And he goes to the back door. And he notices that there are footsteps leading into the back door, like in the snow. And so he asks the family, like, hey, did anyone come in the back door recently? And everyone's like, no, we don't use the back door. We came in the front door or, you know, whatever. And so he goes out, looks closer and realizes there are footsteps coming into the home. But there are no footsteps going away from the home. And he Mm. goes and cases the house and. Nothing out of the ordinary in terms of that. So he follows the footsteps backwards and it goes to the forest that they're near. And basically where the forest starts, the footsteps end. So apparently these footsteps just started, went right to his back door and that's it. So whatever it was is either in his home at this point or paranormal i don't know regardless terrifying I don't like yeah so he's telling this to his neighbor uh lorenz schlittenbach bauer and this guy goes hey that's kind of messed up like i have a few extra rifles do you want to take one just in case something's going on at your place and you know what he says nah i'm fine no. it's probably nothing oh so, dude, like, how can you not like, uh, I, I get freaked out by my own footsteps in the snow outside my house. Cause I never remember that it's me. Like, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine, yeah. like, especially living next to the woods. Like that's creepy too, where there's no one else that like lives around you and you can't play it off as like, oh, somebody must've come and just visited earlier or like, ah, yeah. Yikes. Yeah, it's definitely disturbing. Um, So, basically, that's the last time that his neighbor hears of him. Then a few days later, a, basically, someone comes to fix their something on the farm. Um, and he tries to you know, get a hold of the family. No one's there. He goes, okay, whatever. Fixes it. 
then goes and tells the neighbor, hey, can you let them know that I was here and that I fixed it and it's working fine? And he goes, yeah, sure. But then he goes, that's weird that they haven't, you know, been out. So he goes over and uh, finding the home's front door unlocked, him and it looks like he took some of his sons, I believe. Uh, they head and uh, look around, can't find anything. Oh, sorry. I missed a big old paragraph of my notes. So this man who is fixing a like a feeding trough or something like that. I'm not sure. It doesn't matter. He's fixing farm equipment. He um, notices when he's knocking on the doors or whatever, a dog is barking on the inside and the lights are on. And it's like, all right, weird. Uh, they should be answering. It looks like they're home kind of thing. But no, he goes back to the back door, does the same thing, nothing. And then goes and fixes the thing. But on his way back, he uh, he notices that the dog is actually outside and chained up like uh, like like on a lead kind of thing, you know. So dog's outside now and was previously inside. So he goes, oh, OK, now they're home. Knocks on the door. Nothing. But still lights are on and all that stuff. So, uh, when they find that the home is locked, the, the neighbor, they go, okay, well, let's go check out the barn. They head to the barn, and in the corner of the barn, underneath hay, there are six, or four bodies, I think. Ugh. Yeah, four bodies. Underneath hay, just dead. Blood everywhere. Craziness, like... And it's obvious that they were all dead because of blows to the head. And then they stacked the bodies on top of each other and then yet covered by a board and some hay. And obviously they get the police involved. And uh, they break open into the house, go and look at look around and they find uh, Maria, the maid. And Joseph, Joseph, I don't know how it's pronounced in that language, um, in their beds. And Joseph's a two-year-old, remember, dead. Oh, my Bludgeons to death in their beds. But here's where things get a little interesting. They were able to say with pretty relative certainty that they'd been dead for... Um, five or so days and that they were pretty dang sure that the murders happened on March 31st. Now, when the guy came over, it was April 4th. So March 31st and 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th, four days later. Okay. When they went in to the house, they said somebody has been here recently. There was some, like, leftover burning ash in the fireplace. There was, like, um, uh, mail had been, like, found on the inside of the home, like, like from a few days recently. The, the, the farm mm -hmm. had been upkept, like, the cows were milked, um, and things like that. So somebody, this person who apparently murdered them, or people lived in the home for five days after killing them. 
messed up. Not only Dude, why, like, and with two sorry. bodies as well. Well, like, yeah. How can you have the confidence to just be like, oh, no one will catch me. I'll just chill here for five days. Yep. Uh, multiple neighbors said they claimed they saw smoke coming out of the chimney for days afterwards. And somebody had seemingly fed the family's livestock. Uh, that's crazy. That's disturbing. Like, what in the world? Yeah. Were, were they trying to just steal the farm? Is that is that what it was? Anyway. Um... Apparently, by the time the lead investigator, Georg, George, I don't know, Ryan Gruber arrived um, in Munich, which he was not close because the nearest police department was Munich, about 45 miles away. And in 1922, it takes a minute to travel 45 miles. Apparently, by the time he got there, dozens of people had walked through the crime scene, destroying evidence and in the process, compromising the police's investigation. So, I don't know, I guess people heard about it and wanted to come see or something like that. But... Here, let's go see all these dead bodies yeah, in barns. Like, um, But I don't know how they were able to tell, but they were able to tell that each of the people that died in the barn was lured in there one by one. So I had heard that, and I'd heard, yeah, so somehow they were... So, Whether it was like they heard a sound out there and each of them went out separately or yep. something. I don't know how, but somehow they claimed that they were they were lured in individually, one at a time, killed, put in the corner, and then the next person would be lured in, killed, and put in the corner, and done that four times without anyone noticing, I guess. Yeah, um, that's weird. They had all found, that, or they found that the there in the weapon nearby it was a, a matic matok i don't i don't know how to pronounce that it's a farming tool that's similar to a pickaxe and that uh, they had all by, died by blunt short force trauma to the head with it and that the women had strangulation marks on their necks which is rather strange uh that only the women not only that this part is absolutely just horrible. But the younger Kazilia, who was seven years old at the time, apparently did not die immediately. Oh. It took her hours to die, trapped beneath her three family members' bodies. Oh my gosh. She was literally buried by her dead family members alive. Oh. Seven years old. And when they found her, they had found her hand, her fists were full of her own hair and that she had bald spots all over her head. Seven um, years old? Due to Dude, that is heartbreaking. Pain, shock, all that other stuff. Apparently she just pulled out her own hair while dying under her own Oh family. my gosh, dude. I can't even imagine. That is terrible. <sighs> Um, yeah, like I said, six months prior, the family's previous maid reportedly quit after hearing footsteps in the attic, which made her believe the house was haunted, among other things. Uh, let's see. Uh, 
The theory is that a killer hid in the barn and perhaps the attic, which some thought accounted for the footsteps that the maid heard previously. Andreas also mentioned his keys had gone missing, um, which is weird, especially in that circumstance. You know, keys going missing today is quite normal, but back then when there's only like six of you on the property and you don't really right. go anywhere, the keys just disappearing and not a single person knowing where they were was kind of a big deal. And there's probably a reason. Yeah. Oh, and another thing is that they thought at first it was a robbery gone wrong or something. But they found multiple places of cash in the open that was not taken. And valuable items not taken. Nothing was trashed. Nothing like that. This person literally just lived there supposedly for a few days after and supposedly for at least five days before the murders, too, was living either in the house, in the attic, or in the barn, or a combination of them. That's what I was going to say, because it seems like, wasn't the dad, like, looking through the house days before? Yeah. Trying to find somebody, and the mate, yeah, the mate. So, in something I read, I, I read that he was, like, he, like, destroyed the house looking up and down for somebody in there. Like, trying to find anyone that was in the house. I do know um, he looked I around. Know. I don't know how hard he looked, but he definitely right. did look around. And he said he it said he looked um, in the attic and in the barn, but found nothing. Um, oh gosh, dude. But when people were like, okay, when the police were like, okay, well, who didn't like this guy who wanted them dead? Everybody kind of laughed because everybody hated him, apparently. Mm. So, um, the two-year-old son, Joseph, Andreas Gruber, uh, uh -huh. is apparently the mother was his daughter, but the father was thought to be someone else was actually him. He was, oh. he was not very nice to his own daughter, if you catch my so drift. incestuous it, baby? Incestuous baby, yes. So he was not a very well-liked man. And also on top of that, he was apparently pretty radical Nazi supporter. Oh, I mean, this is 1922 and in yeah. Germany. Um, and so some people didn't like him for that. And so basically he had a lot of enemies, which was not helpful. And there have been more than 100 suspects since the opening of this case. Dang. So it's kind of crazy. Because there's just no way to tell. Because there's just so much. Um, apparently back... They Sorry. Sorry, go on. I was going to say, do they have any suspects? But I'm guessing you may be getting to that. Um, not really. The next door neighbor is like the one of the number one suspects. The crap, I already forgot his name again. Jeez, let me scroll back up. Schlittenbauer or something? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, uh, because he had, I mean, cl close immediate access to the farm. He had weapons and... 
Um, I heard that the Matic, that farming equipment used to do the murders, apparently takes some knowledge to even, like, hold correctly. So, a Matic, I've used one before. It's it's like a pickaxe where one of the ends is a pick, and then the other end is like a, looks like, like a hoe or an axe almost, where it's... It's so like the one end is the pick, and on the other end, it's like a sideways axe, if you know what I'm talking about. Let's see, I'm bringing um, up images of it now for the peoples to see. So it's something, I mean, it's kind of like, so basically, like, a, if you think of a classic pickaxe with one end is a pick, the other end is like a blade, almost. Okay. <laughs> and... And having swung one many times, like the balance of it is interesting because one side is a little bit heavier than the other. So it's like swinging any metal tool, like a sledgehammer or an okay. axe or something like that. But this one is a little bit more like the balance of it's interesting because that like flat blade side is a little bit heavier than the pick side. So in my experience, that's how it was anyway. Um, so I could see where they'd say that it would be a little bit different to swing one. Oh, I mean, yeah, but anybody could use that without problem. Right. I mean. So. That's another weird thing. Um, another. Let's see. There's another. Uh, suspect. Jeez. Uh, who is thought to be Victoria's husband, who is the daughter, that she was a widow because he died, but people are saying he didn't actually die. And when he learned uh -huh. that the kid wasn't actually his kid and that it was an incest incest baby, he got all sorts of upset. But that doesn't make sense why you would kill the girl and the kid as well. Yeah, I mean, maybe if you're really messed up, but I feel like you just care about the dad and that's it, right? Yeah, that doesn't seem as as likely to me. I mean, maybe, but the reason like, why people think that is because he uh, it was claimed he died in World War One, but he his body was never recovered. So mm. there's no proof of his death, supposedly. Um, so people think uh, it was a revenge thing. He returned and murdered everybody. Um, but claims also arose that Carl was sighted during World War II wearing Soviet Union military uniform. Interesting. But Maybe nope. he, like, left Germany and was just pissed off. And I don't know. Maybe I mean, yeah, he's like, I committed murder. I got to go somewhere else kind of thing and ended up in Russia, I guess. But... Right. I don't know. And there's a few others. I mean, there's a lot of others. Like I said, there are a hundred suspects over a hundred suspects that were thought to be it. And what's interesting is they did an on-site autopsy, meaning they didn't take the bodies back. They did them right in the barn kind of thing. And it for further examination, instead of sending the entire bodies, they literally cut off everybody's heads and sent just the what? heads back. Why? I I assume because that's where, I mean, everybody's bashed in the head, and that's where they're going to get all the information. It'd be a lot easier. I don't exactly mm. know. But, um... 
I, I guess. And apparently the, the, the heads and skulls went missing and were never found and they had to be buried without heads. That's weird. A little how, strange. How convenient that they went missing. Yeah. Um, in 1999, an elderly woman contacted authorities claiming her former landlord admitted to having information about the Hinterkaifeck murders. Officials investigated this tip and learned that the landlord supposedly made this claim in 1935. However, it was too late as he had, uh, was no longer alive. <clears throat> that is... Is that what his name was? Um, I could probably find it. Maybe not. Yeah, I I can't see off the top. Like, I'll just, you know, really quick search. But it's probably out there. Um, but in 2007, they actually reopened the case. But, um, because, yeah, they had, like, you know, new techniques and, you know, new technology and stuff like that. So students at, oh, jeez, oh, uh, Feldbrook Police Academy. Wow. Like, nice. Nice job. Thank That's you. That's way better than I would have done. Uh, used modern techniques to investigate the unsolved case. The students ruled out all but one suspect as they believed uh, as they believe committed the murders in the Hinterkaifeck farm. However, the suspected killer was dead. So they did not publicly name the person they believed was responsible for the massacre out of respect for the suspect's living relatives and the victim's memory. Mm. And then they just closed it again right after that. So interesting. We don't know anything is basically how that went to another actually suspect that I forgot to write down, but I just remembered is that there was a, I want to say a mental institution or something of the sort nearby and by nearby i mean like within 100 miles or something like that and yeah apparently like apparently like a week or two before the killings or something like that i don't remember exactly the time frame but recent before the killings uh a, an inmate who was apparently crazy had escaped and was believed to be in that area so that is another mm. thing is they think it's just some crazy dude that just wandered in just killed everyone and went eh, this will be a nice place to live and then as soon as somebody came and knocked on the door he freaked out and ran but hmm. this is one of the most gruesome and disturbing murder stories i've ever seen well completely unsolved too like that's the weird part about it there's like no information none basically none Dude, so, that's crazy. Like I had heard about it, but I had no idea like the extent of it. Let's hmm. see. Sorry, keep going. No, that's pretty much everything. I just want to make sure uh I didn't miss anything. I'm rereading through everything, but no, I think we got everything, but it's just crazy how they killed six people. What's, you did you did mention that it was the maid the new maid's like first day right working for the family. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, no, it was. I think her second day. I think she arrived the day before, and that day was her first working day, and died. Like <laughs> that's some sucks. horrible luck right there. Yeah, 
Oh, let's see here. I did miss this. It, um, they found that bodies were moved around, items were moved around, and even cooked and eaten meals in the kitchen. That's an, another thing I forgot to mention. Huh. Um, but, yeah, it's terrible and horrifying. Dude, that... <sighs> The kid, the kid, like the girl, that's what gets yeah, me the most is, is horrible. Oh, my gosh. I can't even imagine. Yeah, the, it was that clear the perpetrator f- has remained at the farm for several days. Someone who had fed the cattle, eaten the entire supply of bread from the kitchen and other foods and recently cut meat from the pantry. Cut meat from the pantry? Uh, yeah, I guess they kept their meat uncut and you know you just shave off face i don't know that's what it says uh 1920s were a different time yeah and they uh, officially closed the case in 1955 over 30 years later but then yes they reopened it but yeah unless it's uh, tuna fish i don't want to eat any meat out of my pantry yeah that's fair it's a cold pantry yeah maybe cold storage room or something potentially dude that's that's messed up yeah it says here uh later attempt however revealed that uh, that human screams from the barn could not be heard from the living area uh so apparently it was just far enough away that even if you were being bludgeoned to death and screaming for help no one in the house could hear you which I mean, how far away is that thing? Because that, I mean, scream's scary. Uh, yeah. That That is weird, man. I, Yeah, how far away is the barn? But also, like, my weird thing is how did they lure them all out individually? Like, you think at some point someone would notice, like, oh, hey, two of my family members went out to the barn over the last three hours and haven't come back yet. Like, And maybe that's how they got lured out, is that, like, hey, um, oh. can you go check on this person? He, he went out to the barn, and we haven't seen him for a while. Like, oh, yeah, I'll go check that's, on him. That's actually and then, you know, 20, 20 minutes later, they go, uh, he hasn't come back either. You want to go check on him? And she'll go, yeah, yeah, I'll go check and. That's actually a good thought. I didn't I didn't think about it that way. I didn't I didn't see this one before, but it says on the night after the crime, 3 days before the bodies were even discovered, an artisan named Michael Plockel happened to pass by Hinterkaifeck. He observed that the oven had been heated by somebody. The per- that person had approached him with a lantern and blinded him, whereupon he hastily continued on his way. He also noticed that the smoke had from the fireplace had a disgusting smell. This incident was was not investigated, and there were no investigations conducted to determine what had been burned in the oven. Interesting. Like, disgusting, like, human smell or something? Yes, but, I mean, they found all the humans. It's not like they like when a human was missing or burnt or that, anything like that. That's true. Or a leg yeah. missing or something. And then on April that's 1st, true. which is... Again, a night the day after the murders, uh, a farmer and butcher named Simon Reislander on his 
on the way home near Brennan, saw two unknown figures at the end of, edge of the forest. When the strangers saw him, they turned around so their faces could not be seen. Later, he, when he heard of the murders, he thought it was possible that those strangers may have been involved. And again, that's possible that there was more than one person involved in these killings. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I like I would think there would have had to have been with. I don't know. It seems like a lot of. I feel like. It was very well planned out for them to not get caught after all the like footsteps leading up to the back of the house. The dad like ravaging the house. That's crazy to me. And the voices and. Yeah, it's like, how many times did they check for that? Like, uh, that's horrifying. Very, very horrifying. I don't like it. But I do at the same time. (laughs) So still unsolved. And this is what, 1920s, you said, like 22 or something? 1922. And for... Mm. uh, Let's see, for, for reference, World War II started in 1939. So, when did World War I end? 19... 1918. So this is very... Uh, four years after World War I. Yeah, what was that, 1914 and 1918? Correct. Yeah. Oh, man. So the husband of the lady was in World War One, correct? Thought to be seen in World War Two. Was the dad in World War One too? No idea. Probably, mm. given his age. Well, actually, probably not. Since it's four years later, he was in his sixties. He would have been fifty something, and during World War One, probably didn't want him. That's probably, true. Yeah. Probably didn't take people over like thirty-five or forty or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know this, what the standard was back then. <clears throat> also, this is Germany, not not anything I'm true. familiar with. True, but, true. Well, what do you think? Oh. Who, did, who did it, Austin? Um, I, I mean, the most obvious suspect would be the husband, the lady's husband, because he had motive, like. If as much as I don't alive. think, yeah, if he's still alive, so that that's a good point. I think he had the most motive of anybody. Oh wait, I mean, hold I on. don't know why. Talking about motive, I did forget to mention one piece of interesting factoid. Uh, the next door neighbor guy, he wanted to him or his son. I can't remember. One of them wanted to marry that girl. Hmm. But the dad gave said, no, absolutely not. You will never be near my daughter kind of thing. So interesting. That being said, that's got some motive too. saying like, OK, you can't have my daughter. That's pretty bad. But then also hearing that, you know, you had assaulted that daughter that you wanted to marry. Yeah, that would. But then again, why would you end up murdering? that girl and the kids too a seven and two year old you gotta you gotta be a cold hearted person like you gotta be below horrible to do something like that 
Well, I, I wonder if it was anything like a like a murder suicide at all. Because when I was mentioning this to my wife, she was like, "Was it a murder suicide?" And I was like, "I never thought of that." But I w- the reason I asked if the dad was in World War One, like if it was like a PTSD type of rage thing, and he killed his family, and then but like, how would he pile suicide? himself but, into the corner with a bludgeoned head as a suicide? Right. Then, that doesn't super that, make sense. That also doesn't explain somebody living in the house for like five days after also. That's true. So yeah, Yeah. man, I don't know. Like if I'm being completely honest, I think it was just someone random. I don't think it was anyone they knew. I think it was just someone who happened to wander onto the property, see a house and go, I want to live there. I don't care if there's people, this is my place now. And he took it or she, or they, that's what I believe, but, you know, I guess yeah. as good as anyone else's at this point. Hmm. I wonder why everyone hated him. Like, did you mention that? I, I couldn't yeah, remember because if you mentioned. He, he was known publicly to uh, be a incestor of his daughter. Oh, that's and right. And also that he was pretty radical in the Nazi ways or something like that. That's right. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I had heard rumors that there was an American serial killer that was supposedly in Germany at the time. I don't remember his name. Something, was it something Kemper or something? Maybe he was the one that, um, and I remember hearing that that might've been something that happened, but yeah, I like, I have no idea. It could have been. Like you said, somebody completely random could have been the neighbor. Who knows? But like, I just don't get if it was somebody that they knew, like, why would they kill the whole family and not just him? Like, if they're like, this guy's an incestuous jerk, like, why not save the family from him instead of killing them all? You know? Yeah, it kind of doesn't feel like there was one specific target. It was just, right. you know, wrong place, wrong time type of thing. Yeah, that's a sad one. And I hope someday, like, it does seem like there are more and more crimes that they can, like, get DNA evidence for after the fact and, like, years later and somehow solve. So I hope that someday there's, like, justice that comes from this. But it doesn't seem like you said they're buried without heads. Yeah, they... Um, plus, the, the crime scene was apparently just tainted beyond belief by the time that the police got there. And it was a small town at the time, so they didn't have much. So they, they didn't, like, collect any evidence or anything like that. So it, well, it's it, also, like... Sorry, go on. I was just going to say the likelihood of this being solved, just I feel like it's getting smaller and smaller instead of bigger and bigger with technology. That's true. Yeah, it's also, like, if he lived there for five days, or she, ooh, um, then he would have had lots of time to clean stuff up or like get rid of evidence or whatever. <clears throat> also, yeah, that's another, sense. that's another reason I don't think it was like the neighbor because like his own family would have noticed that he was, you know, off gone for most of the days, you know, living in the other place. I think. That right. But also, obvious. also like 
what do they define as living? Was it like, oh, one time today I saw smoke coming from the chimney. And so they're living there because he could have easily gone and made it look like somebody was living there so that it Maybe. took the heat off of the suspicion. Like, oh, they're alive. They're fine. Let's not go check their house for murder. Like, Maybe. I don't know. But he he would have had the most easy access to the house, like living right there. That's true. And if he lives on a farm, like maybe his family doesn't find it suspicious that he's out all day. Like, oh, he's just out working on the farm or doing something like, yeah, I don't know. But. But I do feel like a family member, like the son in law, like the husband guy, maybe would have been comfortable enough to stay in the home like. Or if it was the dad that did murder-suicide, which, after what you said, I don't find that likely, but like somebody that was close to the family that could have had access to the home and was comfortable living there. I don't know. I do not know, and I don't think I ever will. So They've actually made some, some movies on it. Oh, really? Uh, there's a documentary film called Hinterkaifeck Symbols de Dis Unheimlichen. Very German. <laughs> it was made in 1981. Um, and a another one in 1991 called Hinterkaifeck Deutschland's Oh, jeez. Geheimniswolster Mordfall. Perfect. Hmm. Perfect enunciation. Beautiful. Yep. Um, Love it. But well, regardless, it is a riveting case. I, yeah, I love stuff. I mean, obviously, it's terribly sad, but also very interesting to look into. Quite. If you know anything about this, please, please let us know or. Um, there's really not much to know about this, I guess. Let's see if you've seen any of those movies. That'd be neat. You think any of our viewers know anything about this? Yeah, one of our listeners was was the the killer. I think we do have some listeners in Germany, if I remember right. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We're on to you. But, yeah. Another reason it's harder to thing is harder to solve is because they demolished the place about six months after. And gotcha. built stuff over it. Um, because apparently they had no will. And all of the family was dead, so there was like no living family nearby to give it to. So they just demolished it and re rebuilt stuff on it. So yeah, and that has been apparently difficult to like you can't go back and look and okay, okay, so if the thing was here and, and this was here and yeah. you know, kind of thing, like it's it's almost impossible to tell because there's also no like blueprints or landscape uh maps whatever you call those things so yeah darn well thanks for sharing your wealth of knowledge about this case with us you're you're so welcome yeah that's a fun one well i say fun but you know you know what i mean i know it's a 
<laughs> it's an interesting one. And yeah, if you guys have any other cases you want us to cover like this, please let us know. I love doing the true crime type stuff. Um, I think it's it's interesting. And yeah, reach out to us. Uh, you can reach out to us through voice messages on our anchor.fm page. Anchor.fm slash tangent podcast. Is that right? That's correct. Um, so you can leave notes. us messages there. You can reach out on the social media or through email. And we would love to hear from you guys. So please let us know if there's any cases that you're dying to hear about. And we would love to dig into them with you. Or even if you just want to say, you know, like uh, questions or comments or concerns, anything like that. We'd love to hear from you for literally anything. Yep. Yep, yep. Well, thank you. And we will be back with you guys next week. All right. You guys have yourselves a wonderful week and try not to miss us too bad. We'll see ya.